Welcome to Cosmic You, the podcast where we explore the depths of spirituality, self-discovery, and the mysteries of the universe. I'm Holly. And I'm Bree. Through our journey, we've discovered that the universe is a reflection of our inner selves, and by exploring the cosmos, we can discover new insights which guide us to unlock our true potential. Each week, we'll be diving into a new topic related to spirituality, inviting guests along the way who are experts and thought leaders in their field to join us to share their unique insights and perspectives. Through our conversations, we hope to inspire you to discover the sacred within yourself and the world around you. We are so excited to embark on this journey with you. Welcome to Cosmic You. Welcome back to another episode of Cosmic You, the podcast. We are so excited to share this beautiful guest with you. Today we have Karen from The Happy Co. joining us for a beautiful conversation. And Karen is someone who's been around in this world for a little while. So I feel like some of you definitely would have come across her and some of her amazing work. She is a Reiki master, healer and teacher. And she also runs and has been running for quite some time, her own soul-led business. So these are a few of the things that we're going to chat to Karen about today and share with you guys. Uh, But first, Karen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much (laughs) for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, Something that we like to do is ask all of our guests what their cosmic code is. So could you please share with us what your cosmic code is? Okay. Um, My cosmic code is... Capricorn Sun, I'm a Virgo rising and a Pisces moon. I am a generator in human design and I feel like there's one more part of my code. Your your life path number? My life path number, it's eight. Yes. Look at you, you smashed that doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Karen is, just had this has this abundance of energy and drive. That's a bit of a blend of her generator energy but also because of this eight the eight energy makes her incredibly powerful and she just can build this huge big vision and back it up by the Virgo persistence and doing this make everything look beautiful through the six vibration and then you've got the two energy which gives her this really deep intuition which is also backed up by her Pisces moon so it's really beautiful seeing this combination coming together and just seeing how that's manifesting in the world in, in all of the work that you do. Gosh, it's exciting when you say that back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Listen to me. I am, I am fabulous. <laughs> I knew it. That's right. <laughs> i got to live up to my numbers. <laughs> oh, so good. So, so good. So, Karen. How has this journey looked for you? We love to hear how you've kind of landed in this place and how you fell in love with Reiki and this in this path. Okay, that is a big question. Um, how did I fall in love with Reiki? Reiki found me and mm. I'm a big believer that uh, when Reiki crosses your path, it comes to you at a time when perhaps you don't even realise that you need it mm. or want it, but it comes to you when you like when you're so ready for it, like on that soul level. So it was back in 2016 when I was traveling. Um, I'd taken a year off. My husband and I were backpacking, and 
I I know that this is the control freak Capricorn in me wanting to really determine and control everything and have a vision. Um, I always say my former life, which was only seven years ago, I was a primary school teacher, assistant principal. I'd been doing that for the good part of, you know, a decade and a half. And I didn't want to do that anymore. I was really, I felt as though I had lost my love for it and my drive for it. And so that's why that year took some time off to go and travel because I feel like travel is one of those things that expands your perspectives. Um, And I did put a pressure on myself. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do in this year. I'm going to work it out. Okay. (laughs) Blindly, you know, it was like my husband, very patient. Of course. Okay. okay. (laughs) Anyway, I had things set up for the first couple of months. We're going to do a volunteer project here and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do that. And I remember it was probably three months in. I was like, I still haven't found my purpose. (laughs) And Scott just said to me, maybe you need to stop looking for it. Mm. Like maybe you just need to chill out. <laughs> Wise <laughs> words. for you to say, Scott. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Very easy for you, the balanced Libra that you are. <laughs> Very chill. Um, and I was like, okay, I might listen to you this time. And it was when I fully was able to go, okay, you know what? I don't need to know. I don't need to try and control this experience. I'm just going to really try and allow it to unfold. Then all these magical things, really beautiful things happened and one of them being we went to um, Dharamsala, northern India, um, where the Dalai Lama lives to go and teach English, right? Mm. Of course, we get there on the first day and I go, oh, this is the office. We've got to go tell them we're here. And they said, no classes, no classes for a few weeks, maybe longer. I'm like, but I told you we were coming. <laughs> and they were like, yes, but the Dalai Lama is home. So no classes because we go and watch him. And I'm like, we'll go watch him. Okay, we'll go. So then wow. it was this beautiful moment of once again allowing, you know, trying to untether from the control. And then getting a little comfortable with that and then these moments where I would then kind of drop back into old patterns, Mm. right? And so then I was like, okay, well, I thought we were going to do all of this, but now it's created space. So, of course, yes, we did go and see the Dalai Lama at his temple a few times. And also I saw this little flyer on a wall and there was all these things, you know, yoga and meditation and this and that. And it said Reiki, learn Reiki. And I don't know why because it was only very small. It stood out to me in this sea of little stuck-on pamphlets just in the street. And I said to Scott, I'm going to learn that. I'm going to do that. And he's like, what is it? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) No way. I I do not know. And he's like, okay. Well, I'll just go take – I'll just climb a mountain and go and take some photos or something. I'm like, yeah, you do that. I'm going to go do this. I sent an email when I got back to the hotel um, to the teacher So I don't know what this is, but I really want to learn it. And in the middle of the night, I went to bed. In the middle of the night, I woke up and I said to myself, she's emailed me back. I've got to check my email. And like Wi-Fi was sketchy and, you know, it wasn't just like. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I was like, went to the trouble and there was the email. Hey, come and see me tomorrow. 
Wow. wow. It was just me and one other guy um, and it was an incredible experience. And because we were there for quite a while, several weeks, it meant that not only did I have the, you know, couple of days of training that's normally level one, you know, two days, I kept going back. She said, keep going back. Let's do more practice. Oh, I run this, this women's circle, this goddess group. Come to that. Wow. And then when I was leaving, she said, now you have to go and do this when you get home. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And I remember thinking when I wasn't looking for it, it found me. Mm. And that was 2016 and now it's just, who would have thought? I could not have believed that where I am now and what's happened, I couldn't have predicted that. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't have controlled it. I had Mm. to, yeah, learn those lessons of releasing and letting it come to me for it to all eventuate to what it is now. And for me now to think that I have the ability and the opportunity to share Reiki with other people, Mm -hmm. just like, oh, I'm getting goosebumps. It's just really, really, really cool. So I hope that they feel what I felt in that first experience of Reiki. That is so special to just how everything unfolded in that moment for that all to happen and just for you to land with that Reiki master and... Mm. Life's just so beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. So before that, had you ever like dabbled in spirituality or energy or like, or was this like completely different world for you? Um, I think that I did earlier and then I probably got caught up in life yep. and, um, you know, materialistic things and success, looking a certain way. Um, and probably, you know, maybe further and further kind of got away from Mm. that path. And so this definitely felt like an opportunity or an invitation to come back to it. Um, and it's so funny because I guess I had really identified myself so much as a teacher and in this, oh, just being so... I don't know, I was just so invested in my career and just really like, you know, I'm going to get a job straight out of uni. I'm going to become an assistant principal within six years or, you know, five. Well, you know, I had a date and I would make sure everything, like it was, everything was just like set it, achieve it sooner, set Mm. it, achieve it sooner. And I just Mm. feel as though as I look back at that now, of course, I understand the way that I'm wired and innately that that's a natural way that I am but at the same time I think that I don't know it just feels like I can see where I started to really go off course Mm. but then equally I can see where my mental health started to decline my physical health started to decline and I and it was almost like a call back and I needed to then kind of have people planted in my life to I don't know, start to almost bring that invitation back. Um, I remember I was like, yeah, just like my digestion was terrible and I was super stressed and always tired and just, you know. And one of my husband's um, colleagues at work, she introduced me to a naturopath, for example. And she said, oh, maybe you need to go see Janella. Like she can help you, you know, maybe have some herbs and stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll give that a go. And it happened to be that she was very spiritual and she was like, 
she explained to me what manifestation was and mm. she's like, Karen, you've been doing it. You said it. Yeah. And you make it happen because you're focused. And she's like, so you're a master manifester. It's just you've got to decide now what you want to manifest. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she'd like give me a CD. Listen to this in the car on the way to work, you know, with affirmations yep. and things. And I was like, oh, okay. I like this. Mm. I like this. This doesn't seem crazy to me. Mm. It almost felt like a, yeah, okay, I feel like this is natural. Mm. And I think that maybe these experiences started to show me how far I had maybe gone away from that. But at the same time, I think I've always been, followed my intuition and very much like, you know, had visions and like even trying to, you know, get a, a promotion and stuff like coming back from, Sydney to Newcastle when everyone was saying oh you won't get a job in Newcastle as an assistant principal there's not many jobs and whatever and I always had this natural inclination to be like well okay that could be true but maybe it's not yeah you know like I did the thing where I drove from Sydney to Newcastle to the school that I was applying for and took the photo and looked at the photo each day and then I had written myself a letter that said, congratulations, amazing interview. You, you know, hit all the points that we, you know, needed. And, of course, you'd be a valuable asset to our school. You know what I mean? So it's yep. kind of like I these. I love that you did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I naturally did stuff like that without no, realising. Yeah. And I think that all of these things just started to really come together. Yeah. And then when I did, um, you know, so it was like I was obviously here, Newcastle born and bred, 10 years in Sydney, living what you know high life like you're just eating drinking yeah. traveling shopping like all those things that's when I think that that path yeah. really separated yeah and then towards the end of that when it was like oh ready to come home and then started to use these manifestation things mm. that I didn't even realize were really manifestation things um I think when I got back it was here that I met some um friends who were kind of like you know a friend of mine when I was going through a bit of a tricky time she gave me oracle cards mm. like, ah these are cool so once again all these people just started to kind of drop in things started to make sense you know um my husband and I were already like doing Buddhist meditation because there was he was like you're a bit stressed like we started that in Sydney <laughs> maybe you should try meditation you know and every week we'd go and I'd fall asleep and he'd <laughs> have to give me the elbow <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh how bad? I'm like, what happened? He goes, just nice I'm like, yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. But once again, I just feel as though enough things came mm. to my awareness that reminded me that actually these things feel really good. Yeah. And so then it's so funny because then when I left teaching and then went all the way into my business, um, I had such an identity crisis because I felt as though I was going – from something that was so normal to something so woo-woo um, and that nobody would understand. And, you know, a lot of people did think I was a bit crazy. Um, <laughs> but, some, like, my oldest friends were like, but Karen, you've always been like this. Like, you've always been, like, open to this. And I think that I had to be reminded. Mm. Like, I really had to be reminded. So it was like, while it felt new, it didn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm. totally. It really did feel like a return, which I think is what, in essence, healing is, isn't it? It's like a separation and then a return to wholeness. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. 
That's I beautiful. Feel as that was a really long answer. To I love it. <laughs> I'm not sure what the question was. But <laughs> <laughs> I think well, sometimes too, like when we have certain jobs or roles in the world, like we do label ourselves and box ourselves in, and we have an idea of what that role or job looks like. So we like shove different parts of ourselves that don't fit into that identity or that box anymore. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of, because it's like, doesn't make sense. If I'm this in the world, then I can't be seen this way because then I won't be taken seriously if I'm, you know, manifesting. So you probably, yeah, you just call it something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Just releasing those labels, hey? Oh, yeah. It's a forever thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> then you get like another sneaky little one come up. You're like, oh, okay. I thought we were, okay, there's another one. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I think that like... um you know, personal development work is so important because it helps you come back to your true self. But honestly, like having a business has been the thing, the catalyst for really making me look at my shit. Yeah. I don't know if I can swear. You can swear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, it's like if you, if you want a crash course in like getting to know yourself, loving yourself, seeing your stuff and actually having to move through it, start a business. Yeah. Yeah, like really untether yourself from all of the safety of the labels of the, you know, like um, Carrie Bradshaw says in Sex and the City, like good on paper. Yeah, my life was good on paper. Tick, 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 tick. Yes. Yeah, but when you're good on paper but you're just wrecked in your heart, like Mm. something's got to change. Yeah. And if you don't choose to change it, then – the universe is going to probably shake up some stuff for you. Totally. Which it well and truly did for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like 2016, that trip was so heart expanding and obviously Reiki um, being such a beautiful part of that and incredible other things. Like I did my first Vipassana um, silent retreat that year and um, my husband and I trekked to Everest Base Camp and all these things were incredible. And then when I got back – hadn't shifted the patterns though, right? Yeah. I didn't know the stuff that I didn't know. Mm. And so actually that then led into going back into old ways, which then led to a huge, huge crash. Mm. My rock bottom was 2017. Yeah. But because of the things that had danced in my awareness for the years before and started to come back in and because of that trip and because of then my Reiki practice – I was able to really have the bottom but then really bounce back up out of it mm. and make some really, you know, big choices. Like, you know, I still remember when I was, you know, ask, telling my boss I was going to resign. She was like, Karen, don't. Just take leave. Just take leave. Mm. I will give you any position you want. I will, I will shift anything you want. I'll give you leave for indefinitely, just as long as you like. Just don't. Don't quit. And I was like, no. Mm. Spirit has told me. And I made a promise. I made a promise that anything that came to me and if it felt right for me, mm. I was going to action it. And it told me I needed to resign on the 4th of December. Wow. So I did that. Now, I hadn't really, I'd kind of dabbled, you know, in offering some Reiki sessions, but I well and truly didn't have like <laughs> a, business. <laughs> a business, you know. Um, so, yeah, but sometimes you gotta, you got to burn the boat. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, the boat will always kind of save you, right? And you'll always go back to your safety. If yeah. the boat's there, you won't ever learn how to like 
sounds so lame, but you won't ever learn how to swim yeah. if your boat's still there. Like, you just got to go. Yeah. So, um, anyway, but once again, another, just honestly, if you start a business, if anyone here is listening, starting a business in business, like, it's the most rewarding thing. It's, like, incredibly, like, I wouldn't change anything of the last seven years. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely, like, you know, put your seatbelt on. <laughs> Strap in, <laughs> not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> I and I guess enjoy the process of it. Like, yeah. It's it's hard, but also, like, you know, even when we were talking before we started recording, like, there's so much joy, so much laughter, so much connection mm. that comes mm. from it, from when you really do um, break down the walls, let go of all the labels and really start embracing your truth because mm. just the people, the experiences, the opportunities that come your way – are just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. And you can never really know what no. like you said, like what that's going to look like and how that's going to manifest and just when. You ne- you just have no idea how close you actually are. Yeah. That's yeah. what's so exciting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's all just like floating in the vortex, isn't it? Mm. And it's like you say, it could be – I think sometimes when we tend to control or want to control – the timeline of things, it actually pushes it further yes. out. Mm. And yep. when we just let go of the control, then it just yeah straight in. Because it's literally like already right there. Like yeah. it's already in reach and we just get so caught up in, mm. it has to come to me this way or it has to mm. be that way. And then mm. it's like, no, 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 I don't have the idea of coming to you this way. So I'm going to go <laughs> further and further away because that's not how we're coming in. <laughs> um, uh. Something I just realised that, maybe our listeners don't know is what Reiki actually is. Like I know that we do Reiki, but I don't think we've really had a massive deep dive into it before. Or maybe someone's listening to our podcast for the first time. Mm. So Mm. shall we backtrack? Yeah. What is Reiki? What is Reiki? Well, the word Reiki is a Japanese word that directly translates to spiritual life force energy. Uh, And the practice of Reiki, so Reiki Ho, um, or Reiki Ryoho, which means Reiki treatment, um, is a system that supports us to uh, heal ourselves, which we might then wish to share that with others. Um, but in essence, it's it's a return to ourselves. Mm. Yeah, that's how I would describe Reiki. I think that oftentimes people can. Uh, think that Reiki is simply the hands-on healing. So we might imagine like the bed in the beautiful room laying down and someone giving us a treatment, which absolutely like that's one beautiful part of Reiki. Yeah, of the system of Reiki. But it's so many other things. It's uh, meditations. It's uh, purification practices. It's um, being able to really be a channel for that spiritual energy to feel connected to the greatness and the vastness that is the universe, yeah? So I feel like it's a beautiful practice to support the healing of the ego, the the releasing of the limitations that we place on ourselves um, so that we can really expand into the light because Reiki is otherwise known as the great, bright light yeah and so in our practice of reiki when we do our self-healing or when we share it with others it's an opportunity for us to connect to that great bright light and know that actually 
It's not separate from us. Mm. Yeah. It, we've, that's why oftentimes people will have a, a treatment or maybe you've done a self-practice or a meditation and you feel that lightness, like that mm. expansiveness. It's like because you've connected in, yeah, like you've remembered yeah. your essence. Yeah. So, yeah. So likely people will know Reiki as a hands-on healing practice, something that you receive as a treatment, um, and that's one aspect of the system. Yeah. So Beautiful. It's amazing. Like, like Holly and I are both Reiki masters as well, but hearing how you describe the system, it's just so beautiful. Like hearing your, your version of that, it just it, – I can feel like how connected you are to it through your words. Mm-hmm. And just the passion that you have for the power that this holds and that feels really beautiful. Mm, yeah, for sure. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank it's almost you. like I could just sit here and not even like have to talk to you if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that? Yeah, I could like, yeah. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about your journey into business mm-hmm. and like some challenges that you face? Because something you mentioned before was like that self-identity mm. crisis. So can you talk a little bit about your journey into business and in particular a business that is so aligned to purpose, like your personal purpose, Uh, because I feel like anything in life, it's really easy to steer off that sometimes and just like reaffirming what alignment is to you through the channel of your business. Mm, Yeah. Yes. Oh, juicy questions. Um, I feel as though maybe I'll I'll start where a challenge that I um, am probably moving through now and maybe that will we'll mm. see where that goes, hey. Mm. Um, I feel as though for me something that um, comes up at, at different points along the journey has been around visibility. Mm. And when I unpack that uh, around being seen and being heard mm. and I think that uh, it's definitely something that I understand that I have, you know, have done lots of healing around and then will continue to because I feel as though there's themes that we have in our healing journey. Um, but equally that I think that a lot of uh, people would probably, you know, really relate to that, that, you know, perhaps in our life, in our experiences, uh, we fear judgment, we fear um not being good enough, we compare ourselves to others. And I think that uh, I feel very fortunate that I didn't grow up in the era of all of this technology because mm. I cannot even imagine <laughs> mm. what kind of healing I would need to be doing now because it's like I just feel as though this comparison is really like uh, rampant and it's just very much like, I don't know, I feel as though there's a – there's within all of us there's that story to heal around us being perfect as we are in our true and authentic self. Mm. But equally we we fear judgment because it's just a projection of our own judgment for ourselves, right? So I feel as though for me as I move through uh, visibility blocks in my business about being seen and being heard and being witnessed in my light that I have no other choice but to do the inner work 
to be okay with that, Mm. to release the judgments I hold of myself, to come back to love and compassion, which is ultimately the greatest gift that I think Reiki has given me, you know, having that love and compassion for myself exactly as I am, completely and nowhere near perfect Mm. and being okay that actually doesn't exist. Mm. Um, And as I release those judgments of myself, I expect less judgment of others. Yep. Rather than thinking that someone's going to judge me, like preempting that. Yeah. As I release my own judgments, then I'm not projecting that to expect it. Um, And I also get more comfortable within myself um, and my path and my purpose and what I'm here to do. Um, And I realise that it's greater than me. And so actually I continue to do the inner work to release all of that stuff that's just resistance and just mess and stuff that's in the way of actually reconnecting to spirit, to source, to divine, whatever you want to call it, and say, okay, that's right, I did sign up for this. (laughs) (laughs) I signed the contract. (laughs) I've been talking a lot about soul contracts with um, a lot of clients lately and I'm like, okay, I have to remind myself, I did. I said yes to this Mm. because I knew that I could do it. I knew I could handle it. Mm. And so... Mm, I feel as though each level <clears throat> of um, business will will invite a new level of visibility. Mm. You know? So perhaps in the beginning, being comfortable with um, inviting people to come and have a session or come to um, my women's circles, you know, uh, and then perhaps it then grew to being visible on social media. Maybe then it grew to the next level of visibility of um, having online programs and, um, you know, moving along kind of like that path and being very visible in terms of, you know, yes, people can see maybe an Insta story or an, a, a photo on a post or something, um, but then when you then go and record yourself mm-hmm. in video form mm. and then you sell that as a course and yeah. then you that person can watch it and they can keep it in its forever. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. There's another level, another like layer of visibility. Mm. Yeah. That I don't know. It just, it's so interesting how um, that just continues to come back as a theme. And <clears throat> I never, I never allow it to stop me. Um, but I do, I do sit with it. And think, mm. okay, because ultimately I do know, um, and as cheesy as it sounds, I don't know how else to say it, it's like I know I'm here for a big reason, a big purpose. Mm. Um, and I think we all are. And I think that oftentimes it's the bigness of what we know we're here to do that scares us. Yeah. Like I'm not afraid of failure. I'm not – I used to think I was. Yeah. But actually – it's not uh, – I'm happy to try things. I'm a very creative, experimental person. I'll give things a go. Like I know that that's the way that I integrate. I know that that's the way that I can then be, I guess, the best version of myself but also a really – like the greatest teacher that I want to be, you know, because of that really understanding the power of experiencing things. So it's not that like – you know, I don't believe in mistakes. It's just like, well, that happened. Okay, what did I learn? Mm. Opportunity, move on. Yeah, take that, integrate that. Um, but I really do think that it's around like, well, I just, 
I have this sense of like all the things that I want to do and that's a very, very bright light if I was to Mm -hmm. put it in light terms and that's scary because then if you're going to do something big, that means more people looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. That means potential for more judgment or criticism and actually that's that visibility piece, right? And then I look at that and go, okay, but... Just let it unfold. Yeah. Mm. Just keep following your dharma. Just go where you're guided and just trust that, you know, whatever people say about you is not your business. Yeah. And just stop saying shit about yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Just being so kind to yourself. Yeah. I completely relate to all of that. If we don't do the work, then all of that big, beautiful stuff never can come to light Mm. and that's such a shame because Mm -hmm. it is bigger than us and we let ourselves get caught up in all of the small little stuff Mm -hmm. of, you know, our life and that stops that big beautiful light from actually coming into the world. Mm. And I love that you said like you don't let it stop you, like it's there but like just keep going. Like those things, you know, if you own your own business or whatever it is, those things that are challenging that feel big and scary, they don't need to be the things that make you go, okay, this is not for me then. Like, this is too hard. Mm. No, thank you. I thought it would be easier than this. Like, they're little nudges for you to go, if you do want this big, beautiful light in your life or you want to, you know, bring it into the world, then these little small things that you've got of, you know, fear of judgment or whatever it is, this lesson is here for you so you can actually overcome that and that fear of judgment is not such a big thing. Mm. Because for you to get here, like you said, there'll be a lot more people looking at you with their opinions and their projections and you're going to have to learn to handle that essentially. So here are all the reasons, all the little things in life that are going to make you confront that. I think Mm. one of the most powerful things I've heard from one of the practitioners that I work with as well is that you keep talking about how at every layer you're kind of healing that visibility wound and I have a lot of wounds as well that like those really core deep wounds and I used to get really frustrated when they kept coming back up because Mm. I kept thinking I've done that I've I've healed that one like why is this here again (laughs) and then my kinesiologist explained to me that actually when it's a core wound and it is running through all of your entire essence you have to heal it Mm. and integrate it at every layer and that just brought so much peace so yeah I just thought worth mentioning that as we progress on this journey there are going to be some core wounds that do come up over and over again and that's totally okay Mm. and that's so normal absolutely Mm. and I think um like welcome it because at least then you know it Mm. yeah it's like oh like oftentimes when it's like a very similar thing my husband like that again I was like yeah but like I don't look at it like that I'm like yeah hey you you're here again. Hey, buddy. <laughs> it's like an old friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's not something new to tackle. So it actually feels really like doable. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to another level now, are we? I love Let's that reframing. It. That's so beautiful because I'm always like, oh, you again. Yes. <laughs> Whereas that, it, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel as though it's like (laughs) – I feel feel as though it's kind of like – I don't know, it just makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when – because in the beginning I used to be like, this again? Oh, my gosh. And then 
as I learned the power of a reframe, um, I was like, actually, it's just better because now I don't have to learn about a whole new thing. <laughs> yeah, I can just go deeper with what served me before, mm. apply the same things, yeah, um, and you just shift it so much quicker. It's just like, whew, okay. And I feel as though the, those first layers, there's a, it's like very muddy. I was saying mm. this to um, a client the other day. It's like muddy. I've got a couple of mastermind clients um, who, you know, soulful businesses and we're, you know, helping them really launch them and, and really find their, their voice, their presence and their light in it, yeah. And I was like, first year's a business. They're muddy. It's like you're wading through and you're mm. like – and even if you don't have a business, you're just going through a healing journey. It's like it's muddy. Like you're – it feels like you're – there's so much resistance. It's just hard. But actually – it, there's an end. Like there's, if you're in a puddle of mud, there has to be a point where if you keep moving forward, you will get out of it, okay? Mm. And so then the next time and the next time, I just feel like it gets, it does get easier and it gets lighter and then the mud kind of gets less muddy and it kind of gets a bit clearer and then you're just wading through water. and <laughs> um, Maybe at one point we'll be walking on the water. Hey, who knows? But, <laughs> I just feel as though, yeah, for me, once I finally realised that these core themes are going to keep recurring, um, it just gave me a lot of, I don't know, it just gave me a lot of peace mm. to think that there's not just going to be something random that just comes out of nowhere and I'm blindsided by it. I'm like, oh, hey, you again. Okay, let's go. <laughs> mm. And I just found that that gave me a peace. And when I share that with clients it seems to give them a sense of peace about it too. So, Yeah, I feel good now. I feel good now too. I'm like, if I think back to all of the challenging things, they're all the same issue. <laughs> like they're all, it's the same theme. Huh. I'm like, bring it on. I'm like, now I know. Mm. Now like there's an acceptance of like this is what you're working through. That's kind of what I got from what you were saying. That you, you're like, oh, I accept that this is my theme mm. and these will be recurring in my life. Yeah. And also the other thing um, today, I was uh, doing a level one training um, mm. with some new students and talking about uh, reactive and proactive healing, you know. So oftentimes we have a healing crisis, yeah, something that comes into our life and whether that's mental health or physical health or a relationship breakdown or just something, right? And we then go, okay. It, things come to us. Maybe it's raking yoga, meditation, who knows? It's the thing that comes to us and it's like it helps us through the healing. I feel as though that oftentimes the the story is that you have the crisis and then the support appears, yeah? I think once the support appears and you start to walk this path, it's it's understanding that actually if you're proactive in your healing, that... It's not anticipating that bad things are going to happen. It's just understanding the themes of your life, like getting to know yourself so deeply, mm. yeah? And whether that's through, you know, for me, obviously Reiki has been the lens to which I have been able to really take that inward journey. But it could be yoga. It could be numerology, the mm. human design. Mm. Needs, there's any number of modalities that's going to, you know, there's something that's going to grab you. Mm. And it's like if you can then use that practice or I call it the medicine yeah 
It's like I use the medicine of Reiki and the practices and everything that I've learned along my journey to be proactive in my healing, knowing that, yeah, there is visibility stuff. There's Mm. judgment stuff that comes up for me where I'm super hard on myself. I have unrelenting standards and unrealistic expectations of myself. But if I know that about myself, I instantly dissolve the frustration towards it and Mm. towards me. I almost immediately give up this like, Karen, why are you doing this? Kind of like, (laughs) and I just surrender in it. And then I'm like, well, okay, if I know that about myself, what are the things that are going to help me move through this Mm -hmm. and know that when it comes up, I can see it, transmute that energy and keep going. Yeah. So it's like, mm, sometimes they'll be, we'll be reactive, but if we can use what we learn in those moments, to be proactive in our healing, I just think it's like so incredible. So if you know your themes are, for me, another theme is like money, money blocks. Oh, it's been huge. (laughs) Try and start a business with money blocks. Hey, (laughs) you can do it. You can do it. Um, It's, but a lot of money stuff has come up, you know, in the last several years, a lot of healing money stuff. So then Do I wait for me to be triggered by money stuff now? No. I consciously, actively, proactively do things that help rewire my wealth consciousness. Mm. So I don't wait to be triggered. Mm. I know that, okay, through hypnosis and through my Reiki, through this, through that, through affirmations, through mirror work, like all the things that have supported me in visibility, in fear, in releasing, you know, like judgment of myself actually are all the same things that work for the money blocks too. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, like identify the themes for your healing and then do the work. Like, and work, like, you know, I think that that word work has such uh, connotations, you know, it's so much around like this hustle and it has to be hard. And it's like, well, no, it's just like show up for yourself. So I use the word devotion. Yeah, yeah that's like, beautiful. Be devoted to yourself. Mm. Be devoted to your mission. Be devoted to your light. Being, be devoted to your joy and your happiness. Like be devoted mm. and in a way that each day you show up for yourself and mm. you're proactive on your journey. And that will only accelerate like – you know, through those layers and, and some of them will still be muddy and that's just, you know, a karmic lesson or the universe saying, hey, <laughs> remember, yeah. you know. Um, but there'll be layers that will just be easeful. Yeah. As easy as going, oh, hey there. Hey, you. I see you. I thank you. I release you mm. and I move on. And it really can be that way. Yeah. And I think what a nice shift of what that feels like is you don't need to fix anything about yourself. Mm. Like you don't need to fix that issue that you have on visibility or money blocks. It's just like this constant integration, Mm. which feels really lovely. Mm. (laughs) You're like totally soaking all this, aren't you? Yeah. You're like, like, yeah, all this reframing, like it's huge. Like it's amazing. Like in, 
it's funny, like, I mean, we know all these things, but sometimes you just need to hear it mirrored back in a certain way for it to actually hit home. And I feel like you're doing that for me right now. Like yeah. it, you're articulating things in a way that feels really safe and absorbable and doable. Because I think sometimes we talk about like the personal development or spiritual path as like, whoo, it's scary. It's really effing hard. And like, you know, because yeah, it does have those moments to it as well. But to just hear someone be like, doesn't have like to be that way. Like you are capable and you have the capacity to move through it and it can look like this because I think we have like those tendencies of like hustle culture and like working really hard and we just bring that into our spiritual life as well or you know our personal development just like those old patterns right Mm -hmm. that we show up with in the other world we bring into that same space where really it is a devotional practice. It's reminding me um, of the Gokai, the Reiki precepts you know just for today. Mm -hmm. I will not anger, I will not worry, I'll be grateful. I'll do my work honestly, Mm. be kind to all beings. It's like the direct translation from the Japanese of that that line, work hard. It's why I often say to my students, learn it in Japanese because then you're getting the essence of it. Um, But yeah, that that line, work hard, is actually be diligent in your work or live your dharma um, or do your work Mm. honestly. And it's like devotion. Isn't it? Just be devoted. Yeah. To you, to yourself, to others, to spreading love and light. You know, that sounds really kumbaya, but really, you know, so many people I meet, and obviously I've experienced this myself and then moved through the lessons of it, but they're, they're like, I don't know what my purpose is. And I'm like, well, your purpose is ultimately everyone has the same general purpose. Just share love, you know, mm. into the world. Um, but also your personal purpose is those recurring themes mm. and just witnessing them and, you know, walking the path of healing with a joyful heart. Like I always say to my clients and my students and they're probably sick of hearing me say it, but I'm like healing is hard, as hard as you want to make it. Yeah. Mm. It really is. I'm not discounting like, hey, I've had some... <laughs> doozy of like times yeah um I've only come out of a, a really really huge cycle of healing probably a couple of months ago that was a solid 18 months two years um and I'm you know <laughs> I feel as though I one of my superpowers is being able to reframe things and <laughs> and I I did my best in, in that time but there was some really hard moments. I'm not saying that it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows mm. but I think that there is a lot of times where we do make things harder than yeah. they need to be or we expect them to be harder or we think it needs to be hard won and hard fought to be worth it. Um when, yeah, if we just kind of remind ourselves, well, actually this this healing or this journey can be as hard as I want to make it. And if we bring more lightness and peace, then actually it can be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really, really fun. Do you feel like that's kind of like coming from a societal 
pressure. Like I'm just thinking about like it's almost seen as like a badge of honour, like, you know, I got through that hard mm-hmm. time and things. And like I'm thinking now and I'm like listening to you speak and reflecting on my journey and kind of how I reflect my journey back to people. And it's almost, yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking like how could I reframe this? Like why why am I saying it like this? Like, where did this come from? Where did this vocabulary that so many of us have around this healing journey, like, why, like, why are we mm. doing this to ourselves? Like, we are doing this. Mm. And we don't have to. We can, we can reframe everything, like you're saying. What a, what a gift you've given me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think it's kind of like what you said before, like, if you fight hard and, like, then it makes it seem more worthwhile. And yeah, it's really just not, not really true, is it? And I think also too, like something that I notice is big in this world is everyone has their story, right? Like their rock bottom story. And it seems to be how uh, <laughs> we almost be like, oh, like the rock bottom place that this person hit is why they're like this now, is why they can be in this light and why they are you know, have access to those healings. And I feel like a lot of people, to, it's almost like you have to make that those times seem harder than they actually were or your journey to get towards that place of, you know, self-healing had to be like really grueling and really hard because then it shows that I worked hard on myself or something. I don't know. It's weird. I can't quite figure out why we do it, why, like where it's coming from. Eckhart Tolle says that like, 95% of people's spiritual teachers is suffering. Mm. And so, mm. Jimin, and it's not until we can't stand the endless cycles of suffering that we begin to awaken. So perhaps it's even just this collective consciousness of that's not, if that's 95% of humanity's trigger into a practice, it's coming from a place of pain. Mm. So mm. if we're already turning up from a place of pain then I guess that makes sense as to why the narrative is full of pain, mm. I guess. So yeah. I'm, I'm just unpacking this. Mm. <laughs> Are we making it harder right now? True. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, Karen. <laughs> Not at all. I think that uh, I think a lot of people have a natural aversion to ease. Right. I know myself. Like, yeah, I definitely do. I, I do. have to catch myself all the time. Yeah. Like, Karen. You are making this harder than it needs to be. Wow. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's kind of like I I just I remember like all throughout my life when things would happen, maybe more so as a child as an adult now I can understand it. Um but as a child people would say to me, Oh, you're so lucky. You're so spoiled, you're so lucky, you get everything you want. And it was said like that. And it was like I, I can obviously not as a child was unpacking this, but now I can say, I'm like, well, because I just knew what I wanted, I naturally directed my attention towards it and I made it happen. So then when people would be like, you're so spoiled or you get everything you want, like, you know, it's, it was just kind of like, I was like, oh, okay. And it kind of plants this, uh, I guess, conditioning, conditions you to think that getting what you want is a bad thing that things coming easy is a bad thing. And it's like, it's not. And yet we're conditioned because I think that, you know, everybody loves the story of the battler. And it's Mm. like, well, and I really do think that, yeah, it's like it's a very, it's a 
collective consciousness thing and it's about being able to maybe recognize that and know that actually ease is available Mm. yeah and so why why continue to replicate that story in your life if actually your true essence knows there's a much easier way Mm. um so yeah i think that you know oftentimes like you said we are wired uh you know literally the brain is wired to look for danger right trying to you know the the whole prime directive or there's several but one of the main ones of the unconscious mind is to make sure that we're protected and that we don't die so of course we're (laughs) wired so we're, we're constantly you know and speaking about you know looping back to that reactive proactive healing it's like oftentimes it is that we're reactive because we're moving away from pain yeah it's like a situation that we're in or a challenge or whatever and we're moving away from it it's like but once you get further enough away if you haven't fully hid the root cause you'll you'll land back there yeah which is why being proactive in your healing means you're moving towards pleasure and when we start on our healing journey oftentimes it is moving away from the pain Mm. But when we start to understand the power of our words, the power of our thoughts, the power of, you know, really understanding our energy and how we can direct it, then when we actually are proactive and look towards pleasure, then the hardship is less and we move more into that state of flow and ease. Mm. And then what kicks in is we might be the only person in our friendship group or in our circle that's thinking that, that's feeling that, that's experiencing that because everybody else around us might be still living in that other reality, right? Mm. And then we start to go, oh, I feel too different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel – and we, no one wants to be different because like in the root of our being we want to connect and we want to feel safe and we want to be a part of something. And so then when we feel different because things are coming too easily or whatever – it's like then we kind of revert back again. So then we go back into patterns of hard. Yeah, it's like once again having that courage to to trust that things can be easy and that the more ease we cultivate in our life, the more we see that old pattern, that old paradigm that no longer serves us, that actually the more we move into flow and we just connect with all the people that are thinking the same thing and loving that and you know what I mean? Like mm. it, it is so possible. So, yeah, it's just it's an interesting one. Mm. I don't know if that sheds any more light on that. But it just takes just <laughs> – It's just like constantly reminding, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just coming back to it, back to it and just strengthening that muscle instead of this one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Do you think the like self-worth piece comes into that a lot? Like I'm not – worth it being this easy mm-hmm. like mm. yeah absolutely mm. absolutely it's why I guess um doing that self-concept work around like really building your own connection to self and um you know yeah building your own concept like really cultivating a sense of love for yourself mm. to feel a sense because the more you love yourself the more you feel worthy of the things that you dream and desire. Mm. So therefore, the more likely it is that you're going to, you know, put, be in the energy to receive those things, yeah? Otherwise, you're just going to be blocking them or making things harder than they 
need to be to justify that, you know, there's a part of you that knows that you're worth it, but then at the same time, or worthy of it, um, but not fully. So then you make it hard to kind of mm. like balance the scales a bit. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you cultivate that that deep love and self-worth within yourself, then you may notice that things do become more easeful. Mm. Yeah. And easeful doesn't mean effortless. I think sometimes like ease, mm. I even, I'm guilty of it. It's in many of the meditations and feelings <laughs> that I record. I feel a sense of ease and peace and it's like, doesn't mean effortless though. It doesn't mean like just sitting and waiting for it all to come. Mm. Yeah, like we can still be devoted and dedicated and motivated and work hard and put in effort, yeah, towards the things that we want to create. Mm. It's just that sometimes, oftentimes, if we're real with ourselves, like if we're, you know, honest, there are things that we make uh, more difficult than they have to be. Yeah. We kind of, there's two paths. There's the path of least resistance and there's the path of most resistance. <laughs> Sometimes we like to take the one, <laughs> not really the one that we <laughs> <laughs> Just for funsies, why not? Just for funsies, you know, why not? Why not? I haven't got enough going on in my life. Yeah. I might add a little bit more. So, um, yeah, just to kind of... <laughs> just to kind of clarify once again around that like you know working hard and efforting and making things hard it's like it doesn't mean that you just sit on the couch and Mm. wait for it to come you know Mm. I love to put time energy and attention into things that I'm really passionate about um but yeah I I do recognize there have absolutely been times and I catch myself a lot where I think okay I can work hard towards this, I can be dedicated towards this, but equally um, I can also let this be easeful. Mm. I was going to say something that you mentioned before is your mastermind clients. Mm -hmm. So is that like working with people in their businesses? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if someone is like resonating to all of this and they're like, oh my God, I am just – maybe just talking about me in my head right now, just like, oh, I'm like (laughs) massively choosing the path of most resistance in lots of places. (laughs) So if someone's like, ding, 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 (laughs) uh, how could they work with you? What kind of things do you have or practices that they could apply in their life to actually start to work on some of those things? Mm, Yeah. Um, So in terms of Working with me, there's something that I am cooking up at the moment uh, because so far the my last my you know for the last eighteen months um, my mastermind cohorts have all been like through private invitations. So it's clients who I've worked with um, before on like packages and um, have done you know several different things with. So I've just kind of privately invited people, and then you know one kind of. Uh, one group kind of morphs into another thing, into another thing. And and as it turns out, it's like I really am passionate about supporting uh, women in business and, um, you know, whether they are – they don't necessarily need to be a Reiki practitioner, um, but someone who, you know, is like a 
a practitioner of a modality that is, you know, of the soulful kind. <laughs> um, and that's become really, really clear to me how much I really just love that, you know, um, you know, supporting people. So there's something that's kind of like coming in the next couple of months where I want to kind of maybe, yeah, offer a new group. And I see, obviously, I have um, many students of Reiki and, so many of them ask all the biz questions and mm. um, and it's like, well, I say this so often, maybe I'll just put a whole thing together yeah. and, you know, um, that would be cool. And also to connect because I think that in business it can be quite lonely. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, connecting um, people who are, you know, have like-minded um, intentions together as well to kind of create like a community so that's something if if you're like oh I'm a practitioner I might want to start a business or want to grow my business that might be something but otherwise where would I start if I was noticing I was making things more difficult is that what the question was (laughs) (laughs) I would I'd really reconnect to uh I'd reconnect to the business, the energy of my business. Mm. And I would see that while I am I am my business, I'm not my business. Mm. And my business is I said this really eloquently the other day. <laughs> <laughs> my clients Come on, I'm trying to find it. the same words. Uh, I am the the physical vessel through which the energy of my business is here to be like brought to life Mm. in this form. So it's almost like kind of I think taking the time to connect with the energy of your business and the the example that I use and the um, process that I use with um, mastermind clients is imagine that your business was like a friend and you invited them in. They knocked on the door. Invite them in. You sit down, you make them some tea and, I don't know, you have a nice chat. I don't know, maybe you pour a champagne, you have a glass of wine <laughs> together or something. And it's like if you were open to each other, yeah, and had an open conversation, it's like what would you say to your business? What would your business say to you? Yeah. And I think that when you start to – when you personify things, sometimes that makes it easier to kind of like work with it because it's like, Karen, how do I – connect to the energy of my business (laughs) sounds random right but when you think of perhaps it in in a personified form you can start to imagine like two people having a chat Mm. and even just the other day one of my clients when we went through this process um it's like I asked how are you showing up for your business and how are you expecting your business to show up for you yeah and she when we did the process and they were having a chat she was like, my business feels as though I put a lot of expectation on her. Mm. My business feels quite suffocated. My business feels like there's a lot of pressure to perform. And when that was reflected to her, it made her, it gave her an awareness that, that in essence she was placing a lot of expectation and pressure on herself. Mm. And so there was a lightness when she came out of that process around, wow, okay, 
I needed to hear it from my business, but I needed to hear it from my business personified as a person who was sitting in my lounge room and having a nice cup of tea with me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she was able to almost like a burden was lifted. Like she physically looked different because having that awareness, that realisation made her go, okay, the expectation that I am placing on myself, on my business, is is creating a pressure. And so if I release the expectation, like the grip, yeah, the contraction, then if I still have big goals and dreams, but maybe I don't need to go from zero to 100. I don't need to be a millionaire tomorrow. I don't mm. need to have like a thousand clients. I don't, whatever the big thing is, mm. I can have that. I can want that. I can desire that. I can see that. I can connect with that, but I don't need that tomorrow. Mm. I don't need that today. It will come in divine timing. Mm. And so that's a way like that you can sometimes having like these conversations (laughs) yourself um, helps you to see where maybe you're putting such an unrealistic expectation on yourself at this point in time Mm. because I don't believe that anything is impossible. Mm. So I'm never going to be someone who's like, that dream is too big. I'm always like, bigger, brighter, be all of it. Mm. Say it is on its way because it is. Mm. You're just doing the work to be an energetic match for it, right? Mm, yeah. But sometimes we can put these unrealistic expectations on ourselves which makes things feel hard. And so, yeah, that's perhaps a process. It's like asking yourself, where am I? needing myself to be I don't know maybe you're trying to like you're inspired by other people and you think you need to be that person but they're like 10 years in 20 years in 30 years in Mm. you know like again it doesn't mean that you're not going to get to that but what's the rush and honestly I think patience is a really huge lesson I still remember I had one of my um readings with you and you were like, Karen, patience. I'm like, I know. And you and I remember you said to me, it says here in your numbers that by like 77, you'll have fully learned. I'm like, 77? Mine's like 56 or <laughs> something. I'm like, seven. <laughs> so dramatic. It was so crazy. And I was like, oh, maybe that's a lesson in patience in itself. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to wait so long to become patient. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> So funny. It's got to be before it's not that. Even then. Oh, Mine no. is quite far. Mine's like 40. Yours is heaps further or 52, away. 52. And I'm Karen's like. Because Karen starts hers heaps sooner than you. Yeah, mine pinnacles. doesn't start for ages. And I'm like. Karen starts her first pinnacle, started her first pinnacle at 28. You don't start yours until 34. Yeah, I'm close. <laughs> I'm getting closer. It's in reach. Yeah. You can't be 77 then. 55, doll. Oh, 55. There you go. Okay. Much better than 77. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. I'll just drop 22 years off for you. Thank you. Well, it's so funny. Oh, that was quick maths. (laughs) Because that made me go, no, I'm going to learn patience sooner. And so I have been really... (laughs) Well, there you go. You did. There you go. So then... And now you've knocked off 20 years. Wow, there you go. You've arrived. (laughs) (laughs) No more. It's not needed anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, that's something I would do. I would connect with the energy of my business. Um, 
or just I would just ask myself, where am I making things more difficult than they need to be? Where could I hold the vision of what I desire and know that it will be, you know, what's meant for me will come to me, yeah? Um, And equally, how can I enjoy the, how can I just kind of break it down a bit, yeah, and just knock it back a few steps and and start here and then then keep moving towards it. I just think sometimes the bigness of something Mm. is, um, causes us to make things harder than they need to be. So if we can just bring it down into baby steps, then it feels once again more easeful. Mm. And also just look at, pardon me, look at ways to just make life easier in general. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's like, so (laughs) just make, just notice when you could make something more easy. Yeah. And even if it feels like, I don't know, completely like unnecessary, it's like, why not? Like, I always say to people, like, there's no limit on how happy you can be. There's no limit on how loved you feel or how you know I don't know excited like there's there's no limit on it so why is there a limit on how easy things can be Mm. like for me I don't really enjoy going to the supermarket so I just order it yeah whether that's a veggie box or I get it online it doesn't matter it's like I I don't know I went through this really I can't remember when it was but I went through this real phase of like I examined everything in my life and I was like how else could I make that easier how else could I make that easier? I would like, const- like I'm always decluttering. I'm like, that's another way for me because I don't like clutter. I don't like stuff. It makes me feel suffocated. So it's like I have systems and I have things that I don't necessarily stick to, but I have them in place to try and keep a sense of you know ease in my life. I've minimised my wardrobe and like sounds might sound, you know, the word that I'm looking for like shallow or something but actually it's not because it's like how many more things in my life can I make easier Mm. because I know I have a natural tendency to make shit hard (laughs) so if I can be aware and make things easier in other areas of my life then I don't know it just it it helps Mm. so Mm. yeah so I don't know if that's helpful as well yeah self-concept work if you know Meditation, connect in, dial into yourself, dial into spirit, um, trust your intuition. Yeah, I think that's another thing. Indecision. Oh, mm. such a drainer of energy. Yeah. Right? It's like another way you make things hard. Yeah. I'm having a real bout of that at the moment, actually. Mm. Indecision. Mm. Mm. Sometimes I can make a call, but mm-hmm. the last few weeks, I don't know, it's just like that – that ability has uh, left the room <laughs> temporarily. <laughs> Is it like the fear of making the wrong decision? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So what if the what if the phrase "wrong decision" didn't exist? Mm. Mm. If it was if just was the, not a wrong decision. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like no decision ever actually is wrong because it ends up being the decision you make. Mm. So mm. it's just the decision you make. Mm. Mm. Again, reframing. Everything. <laughs> I've got some inventory to do. <laughs> like I'm walking out of this with a lot of homework. I know. <laughs> devotion. Oh, sorry, a lot of devotion. Devotion. <laughs> to myself to find my inner peace. 
And I feel like we can either be devoted to making things easy or we can be devoted to making things hard. Mm. Like it's just everywhere. We're devoted either to, you know, avoiding ourselves or learning about ourselves. Like, yeah, devotion shows up everywhere. It's just how we, what we're actually devoting ourselves to. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And just choose like one focus because sometimes it can feel like, (laughs) oh my gosh, there's so many things. (laughs) Let me make it as hard as I can by like like, packing, like figuring out my whole entire life all in one night. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm just imagining myself going home with all my notebooks. Like, all right, let's get all of them out. And I'm just going <laughs> to... You're like, you just need to sleep. And then tomorrow I'm like, all right, Karen, this is what I've got. <laughs> uh, so good. Man, love that. I love what you mentioned too about like when like you can still hold a big vision for yourself just because it's not happening now. It doesn't mean that it won't happen at some point. And then I think how we compare ourselves to people who are in the position that we want to be in and like you said they could have been doing it for 40 years like Mm -hmm. maybe they're 60 and they've been literally doing this their entire life and you're like oh I want to be like that person Mm. why aren't I like that now Mm. (laughs) and you just got to have the life experience to yeah get yourself to that point Mm. reframing that oh look look how expansive they are for me Mm. Mm. yeah yeah see that it's possible Mm. Well, I think, you know, like what we see in others is just a reflection of what we have within ourselves. Mm. Mm. Um, and when we feel like excited and inspired by someone, um, it's just a message that like you have that potential too. Mm. <laughs> so rather than the greatness of what you see or are inspired by being the catalyst for you, placing unrealistic expectations on yourself and thinking you need to live up to that right now and and which actually just stops and blocks everything Mm. um being like wow okay like if I can see that in them then I have that within myself how can I just day by day gently bring more of that out Mm. yeah Mm. and give myself the space to embody more of that Mm. so is there anything else in terms of self-healing that you would love our listeners to know Mm. oh there's so much (laughs) (laughs) I think uh you touched on it before that healing is is not fixing it's not like it's not like there's something wrong with me and I need to fix it It's just that if we can devote ourselves to being a proactive part of the journey, then you get to know yourself. And it's just like that will be so freeing. Mm. When you ask people what they want, ultimately they want happiness. Mm. Yeah, And actually the conditioning tells us that Happiness is a big house, fancy car, lots of money, success, this, that, whatever, nice, I don't know, whatever. And it's like self-healing or healing path, spiritual path is just coming back to your essence and knowing that like happiness is right 
appear within you. And all of those things you can have. Mm. But you'll actually enjoy them so much more if you know yourself, Mm. if you, like, feel connected, yeah, to yourself and to the greater energy of the universe. Mm. So, yeah, so don't be scared of healing. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. Make it joyful and fun and know that it will, you know, walking that path will bring some incredible experiences into your life uh, and give you such a depth of wisdom, yeah, that will serve you well. And as it serves you, it will naturally serve others. Throughout my entire healing journey, I've... Never, I've never put that stuff on, say, my family, you know, or my friends and said, you have to do this and whatever. I've just been walking my path, yeah. And then time to time things will happen that I don't even know people are watching. I don't even know people are paying attention. And, you know, someone will say to me, oh, I listened to your podcast or I read this or whatever, and it really, you know, changed things for me, you know. Um, And I've had several times along the journey, like I've had things that have, it's like really, it's been a powerful healing within my family or, you know, just something that came from somebody reading a newsletter that I wrote. And and it's kind of like, yeah, I just feel as though, when you do it for yourself, start there, but it just has this ripple effect mm. and you don't need to force that on others. You don't need to go and tell everyone what you're doing mm. and tell them to do it too. But if you just walk the path and you embody that, there's such a beautiful ripple effect of healing for all the people around you too. And I think that that's a wonderful gift because ultimately – for me, devotion is to self and to service. And I think that those two things are are really important. In order to be of service, we must devote to ourself. And equally, if we devote to ourself, we we have the energy and the capacity to be of service. Yeah. Takes us out of the, the eye of the ego and into the the we or the oneness or the unity, you know, because there is no separation. We're all just one. Mm. So it's like, yeah, I think if you're on a healing path, absolutely devote yourself to yourself, to getting to know yourself, to being in your light, your authentic truth, to just living with joy and purpose, yeah, Mm. and know that you can't, you won't be able to help yeah, but have this beautiful ripple effect that goes out far beyond you. And you don't need to know how it helps other people. It just will. Mm. Just collectively raise the vibration. Yeah, it's like so powerful. So yeah, start with yourself. Know that it's going to have a ripple effect. Um, And yeah, self and service, that's just really something that's really important to me and I think that if you're someone who's probably even listening to a podcast like this it's like you are 
you are driven yeah. by that mm. to be of service to the world. Mm. I think so many people, you know, how many times have you heard, I want to help people, I just feel like I want to help people. Yes, you are, you will. Mm. But don't forget to help yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the first things my Reiki master taught me actually was you can only help or heal someone to the depths that you have helped or healed yourself. Mm. And that has stuck with me. Like it's, I've carried that everywhere with me. And it's so true because I have noticed every time I deepen my practice or my connection to self and source, the next kind of like row of people who need that depth are able to come in. Do you mean mm. like who need that energy? Mm-hmm. And it's really beautiful just experiencing the evolution of the healing path. Mm. And just keeping that in your mind, do you mean that if you actually want to help someone, then first you must help and heal yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And from a practitioner point of view, it's like use your medicine. Mm. Like fully experience the magic and the potency of what your modality, what your medicine gives you. Mm. And then from, you know, that soulful biz kind of perspective it's like you're in such true alignment and integrity to what you're offering Mm. so of course people feel it and they're just magnetized Mm. to Mm. you because you are a living breathing embodiment of what it is that you're offering Mm. you know and I think I think I was saying this to people today I don't know I've seen I've done a lot of classes this week and (laughs) (laughs) but it's like once again I, I see for example, in the the Reiki community, it's like level one, then move to level two, and then become a practitioner and offer Reiki healing. Okay, but how are you integrating Reiki in your life? Mm. How are you living the Gokai, the principles? How are you embodying the energy of the symbols and the mantras? And how are you using it? Mm. Yeah, how are you using your own medicine? So that would probably be the other thing if it's there's a soulful mm. biz person listening to this now. It's like use your medicine, experience firsthand how it transforms you, mm. yeah, your connection to yourself, to source in your life and then share it with others, mm. yeah, from a place of true and deep integrity. Mm. And it will be, it'll be beautiful. Mm. Feel it. Yeah. People feel it. Mm. Like let it become a living entity within you, not just an idea in your mind or in a book or your intellect. It's mm. it's how like knowledge or information like really becomes wisdom. There's no secret code or key. <laughs> you have to go and embody it. And mm. I love how you say like use your medicine, like bring it into your own life because that's how you'll – be able to interface with these systems in the most intimate way mm. is through actually being in them yourself. Yeah. That's been amazing. This has been an incredible episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm already excited to listen. Back. I was just about to say that. I was like, I can't wait till this comes out and I can listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally thinking the exact same thing. We're not shocked. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And sharing all of your beautiful embodied wisdom with us and with our listeners. I think a lot of people will get, yeah, a lot from this conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm 
had a great time chatting to you girls. So thank you. Come back anytime. <laughs> Love to. <laughs> and we'll drop in the show notes all the ways that yes. you can reach Karen um, and experience her magic firsthand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.